welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you for the power, the life transformation that comes when we come before you and we cry out to you and we ask you to to show up and to show off and you are a faithful God to do just that. God, I pray that deep within all of our hearts and our lives, that that would be the cry of our hearts that leads us into Monday and Wednesday and Friday and brings us back next week, that we would have a fire set within us, a Holy Spirit hunger for more of you and for more of of your love and your power and your strength. God, let these things that we sing out not just be words on a screen, but let them be the cries of our heart. God, I want a fresh fire where my love for you has grown stale. I pray that you would revive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, yes, give God a shout of praise. He is awesome in this place. He is. And this is why we're here, to encounter a living God. Go ahead and take a seat. And as you do... Um, Go ahead and wave at someone that you've been worshiping alongside. Let them know that you're glad to see them here today. And celebrate that because, you know, we have a lot coming against us a lot of days, Sundays especially, to get here to this place. And so we can celebrate. Hey, we made it. We're here, right? Some of you have traveled from New York. Right? I have a New Yorker in here. I know that. I don't know where she is. There she is. And some of you have traveled from Florida. I don't know why, except we love you and we're happy you're here. (laughs) To leave the Florida weather and come here is a a miracle. (laughs) There must be something awesome here. Um, And that is family and that is relationship. So if I have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Melissa. My husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church. And babe, I don't know if my water's over there, but I might need it. All that worshiping. kind of gets you. Thanks, babe. Um, But so anyways, we just finished our series called Winning the War in Your Mind, and we still have some books out there, but how many of you were so happy to be able to go through this series and set our hearts right, right at the beginning of the year? Thank you. Um, and, And focus on how we win the war within our mind and those battles that we face and that those lies that the enemy throws at us. So we're coming off of that series, and we're jumping into a brand new series, and it could have been called Winning the War on Your Relationships, but it's not. It's called Can You Relate? But we're looking at how we can win within relationships, because relational connection is actually a gift from God. The reality is is that relationships happen, don't they? Um, Whether you're a people person or not, You have some form of relationship in your life that you have to learn how to function in, right? We have relationship with family. We have relationship with coworkers. We have relationship with friends. We have relationship in in the dating world. We have relationship with our spouses. And no matter our context, we have to learn to function with someone at some point in our day-to-day lives because relationships are a huge part of our life. And we actually need that relational connection, don't we? 
No matter who you are, deep down inside every one of us is this innate desire, this longing to be connected, to matter to someone, to have someone matter to us, and to be able to connect on that level with another person. So we all have this this need for community and for relationship. And today we're going to dig deeper. Today is week one, so we're going to start back at the beginning in Genesis this week. And we're going to dig deeper into God's word. And we're going to see exactly how he designed us and the purpose that he has within it all. Hold on one second, I'm going to take a drink. While Andy's sneaking back there to fix something. Um, God created us for relationship. And first and foremost, he created us for relationship with him. He desires for us to walk in relationship with him, but he also blessed us with this incredible honor of doing life together and having this relational connection with each other. And so his heart for every one of our relationships is to have, for us to have successful, life-giving, God-glorifying relationships, healthy relationships with one another. God sets the standard, and I think a lot of the times we don't understand that he has a purpose in our relationships. We don't invite him in to say, what do you want for this? What does this look like? What are your standards for my life and for these relationships? We just kind of take what comes. And so this whole series, we're going to be looking at God's vision and having a God vision for our relationships so that we can succeed, so that we can win, so that our relationships will be those that are life-giving and God-honoring. Without vision, without a God vision, without living by his standards and his model for relationship, oftentimes we end up just settling, don't we? Just settling for what the world's standards or the world's model is. Right? And, and if I'm being honest, it's not a very high standard for relationships. And, and this is friendships, dating, marriages. Culture tends to base everything on a feeling, doesn't it? If it feels good, do it. If, <laughs> no. <laughs> we can talk after service. <laughs> This is what culture says. If it feels good, do it. If it's fun, go ahead and pursue it. If they pursue you, hello dating world out there, then it must be meant to be. And oftentimes that's a very dangerous place to be when you just accept what the world throws at you. When relationships are based on feelings alone, they can quickly become toxic and unhealthy to our souls, and they can actually damage our relationship with God. How often have we settled, and I'm including myself in this, we've all been there before, we've settled for less than God's best because we were simply looking to fill a felt need in our lives. You know, those feelings of loneliness, those feelings of insecurity, those feelings of emptiness that we often have can lead us straight into unhealthy relationships with the wrong people, trying to look to them to meet our needs. And then we end up settling for whatever we can get. That desperation, that thirst, that causes us to settle for less than God's best. And I don't know, maybe we have a hard time finding good friendships. Or we have a hard time putting ourselves out there because we've been hurt before. 
And so we settle for whatever the world makes easy and accessible. We don't realize that God has a plan and he wants a say in these relationships. We just settle for less than God's best. We need to know God's vision and his design for relationships and let him set our standards so that we can stop settling. We've got to remember that God has a purpose and a vision for our relationships. He has a purpose and a vision for our friendships. He has a purpose and a vision for our dating relationships. He has a purpose and our vision for our marriage. He has a purpose and a vision for every single relationship that he surrounds us with. So this series is going to help us look at God's design. And let him set our standards from his word, from scripture, as we get a closer look at how he has called us to live in relationship. And then it's going to help us get healthy. Be healthy, whole people in our relationship with God so that wherever we go, whatever relationship we're in, we are a healthy, whole person contributing to that relationship. We're going to win. We're going to choose to win in our relationships Because we're going to start back at the beginning, and we're going to look at God's design and his purpose, and we're going to allow him to define the win, right? Amen? Yeah. So often, so often we allow our relationships to just, we go with the flow. We allow our relationships to take the driver's seat, and we go wherever they end up. We don't have a clear purpose for them. We don't have set standards for them. And we certainly don't go inviting God in to those relationships because maybe, just maybe we're afraid that he might cut some things out, that he might cut some people out of our lives that are bringing us down. How many relationships and how many friendships even have you held on to for far too long knowing that they were toxic to you? that they were damaging to your relationship with God, but you've allowed the fear of maybe being lonely keep you stuck. We allow our unhealthy fears and our unhealthy desires to often lead us into all the wrong places with all the wrong things, and we get into these toxic, unhealthy relationships, and all of a sudden, we are going down a path that we never would have wanted for our lives, that we know God would never want for our lives. You know, and I'm going to be, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to be very real here because I think that this whole series is about us taking inventory. You know, we've took inventory of our thoughts in the last series. We're trying to figure out, okay, God, what's your truth in all of this? How do I believe the truth? Well, relationships are so important in our lives that we're going to take some inventory. So as I talk through these things, do I just pray that you would just start to evaluate or reevaluate who are the closest people in my life? Who am I choosing to do life with? Okay? Maybe it's those friendships that keep you at the bars weekend after weekend, numbing your pain because that's all they know to do. And so that's what you do, because that's just that's just a part of life, right? Maybe it's the friendships that you have that are built on gossip. You know, that, that happens in the church, too. <laughs> we're, not just, we're not too holy for that. We, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, those friendships that it's like you're stuck in this dark, untrusting, cynical place because whenever you get together, it's all about talking about other people, criticizing other people, bringing other people down, and you know it's hurting your heart, and you know it's hurting other people, right? But it's just in this bad habit because that's the basis of your friendship. That's just what you do. Let me just tell you that if they can freely talk about other people to you, well, you better believe they're freely talking about you to other people as well. And we need, as a church, to say, that's not the standard I'm going to set for my friendships. That's not the standard I want for my life. I want friends who are going to pray behind my back and not talk behind my back, right? That's what we need as believers to push ourselves forward towards God. What about that relationship that, now I'm getting real, that felt so good and so right and so happy in the beginning, right? I can give you a few reasons why that probably felt so good and so right and so all the things, right? Those relationships where it's like, man, it feels like it must be love. I have all the feelings to go with it. And then you realize, I don't know what they want for their future. I don't know what they want for my future. I don't know where they stand in their relationship with God. That didn't matter last night at the bar, right? That's not love. But we think it is because of all these pheromones and this chemical makeup that happens in our body. Because you know what? Our hearts are confused and our heads are confused. And we've let sex and lust lead us into these places and these relationships instead of God. And now we're in this place where we're like, I don't know. I don't know what this relationship has for me. If it's from God, it's not going to come in between you and God. That's just a fact. God's not going to put people in your life and surround you with an inner circle of people who are constantly pulling you back and away from him. He's a jealous God. He is after our heart. He loves us. He wants that relationship. The Bible says he wants to be our first love. So if there's people that we are pursuing that come in between us and God, that's not from God. So today on week one, we're going to look at the beginning, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And I want to unpack for you the five Ps on the relational path that God has laid out for us. And like I said, we're going to take a closer look at at who we hang out with. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to to examine our closest relationships. We say it often that the five closest people, show me the five closest people in your life, and I'll show you your future. I would say today, show me the five closest people in your life, and I'll show you the state of your soul. Okay? Okay. Because the reality is, is those closest people, those inner circle, the ones that we invest the most time with, they can either propel us into everything God has for us to become, to look more like him, to love more like him, to pursue his purpose, or they can keep us from him and keep us from his best for our lives. So let's head to Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, this is after he made... um, the light and the, the darkness and the day, and the, that's the same thing, the day and the night, I think it repeats itself, and the animals and all the things. He created heavens and the earth. And then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but the very first line, it says, then God said, who's he talking to? It says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. See, I want you to know that before we were ever made to be in relationship with God, God existed in the form of relationship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he is a relational God. And he wants to have and invite us into that same relational dynamic. And so it's important to remember, he wants a relationship with us. Genesis 2, 7 through 9, it says, Then, God, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jumping to verse 15, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. First things first, and if you're tracking with me, that's the title of my message, First Things First. There's an order here that we need to see. God has laid out a path for us, an order for our lives, all before we ever get to the part where God made Eve for Adam. Before the person in relationship with God, he lays the foundation for our lives. It says, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. Number one, the first P of the five P's on the path to relationship with God is place. Place. God will place you, and he will position you where you can walk and grow in relationship with him. So often we live this, this life trying to, to place ourselves, to get in the right position, to meet the right friends, to do, you know, climb up the corporate ladder. We're always trying to, to get our place in this world. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to place you. I'm going to plant you in the space that I have created just for you. And the reason why he does that is that where he places you, you're going to be able to walk in an intimate relationship with God. You're going to be able to grow in your purpose and your lives will bear fruit because you're walking in step with the Spirit and you're right where God placed you. God desires to walk in relationship with you 
And he's going to give us that place. He has prepared the place for us to cultivate our relationship together with him. Because that's the most important relationship you will ever have in your life is your relationship with Jesus. Then it goes on to say, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Number two is provision. Provision. So he's placed us, and now he's providing for us. God will provide every need. He will sustain your life, and he will satisfy your soul. So often we live as if that's not true, right? But what he says, not only does he give us what we need, but what does he say it is? It's good and beautiful and produces delicious fruit. It's above our expectations. He doesn't just help us survive. He wants to bless us. He wants our lives to bear fruit. He wants us to know that he alone satisfies the needs within our heart. Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches. He's got an endless supply. Because you see him blessing and pouring out on someone else doesn't mean that now you have less. He's an endless supply, and he wants to pour out in our lives. But we need to recognize that we need him more than any other thing in our life, more than any other person in our life. We need Jesus. And we've been talking about lies, and I'm going to tell you one of the lies right now that the enemy is so sly and he will try to make you believe is that God is not enough. He does not have enough, and he's not going to meet those needs, that somehow he's withholding from you. That was the same lie that happened in the Garden of Eden when he came to the serpent came to Adam and Eve and said, did God really say that? Surely, surely you won't die. He just doesn't want you to have all the things that you could have if you ate from that fruit. That's a lie. That's a lie that is not the character of God. And the enemy tries to plant those things in our hearts because he knows that when we're striving to meet those needs in ourselves, through other people, in all the wrong places, we will never become or step into everything that God has for us in our lives. That's his way of disabling the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, that we don't ever get to see what God actually has for us. And then we allow this lie to lead us into relationships. And it's a dangerous place to be, to be looking to people and to relationships, to try and satisfy the places of our heart that only he can satisfy. He is everything we need. He is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He provides, and it will be good, and it will be beautiful, and it will be fruitful in our lives as we rely on him, as we're God-dependent, right? We don't have to go searching anywhere else. It begins and it ends with him. The key to having those healthy, life-giving relationships comes from this desperation and this dependence on God, first and foremost, allowing God into our heart and into those voids and into that emptiness and saying, make me whole, make me healthy. God, fill the places in my heart that you know the desires, you know the things that are hurting, 
and allow him to satisfy our soul. So when we allow God to place us where we're going to grow in relationship with him and we look to him to satisfy our hearts and our souls, then we're now able to walk in purpose and walk with purpose. Number three, purpose comes from God. And he wants to breathe purpose into our lives, every single one of us. He gave us the very breath in our lungs. The fact that we're here today is a gift from God. And if God breathed breath into our life and we're sustained by him, then don't you think that he might have something to say about how we use this life that he's given us? And how often do we forget to even ask him, right? He has a plan and a calling and a work just for you. He made Adam and placed Adam and walked in relationship with Adam and then breathed purpose, and he gave him a work to do. Work is not a, a, it's a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. God God gives us work, and he gives us purpose, right? Right? There's something that he has, and it's not for your neighbor, it's not for your brother, it's for you to do in the kingdom of God. He has created you on purpose, with purpose, and there are things that he's created you to do on this earth for you to cultivate and for your life to bear fruit. Um, Genesis 2.15, it goes on to say, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, he even tells him why, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So when we allow God to place us where we're going to grow and cultivate this relationship with him, and we look to him to satisfy all the places in our heart, and we're able to then walk in our God-given purpose and identity, now we get to see how much he truly cares about the condition of our heart. Because he gives us parameters. He gives us parameters for our protection. And that's number four. And these parameters are established for Adam's good, for the sake of his heart and his life. See, God knew that if, if Adam was to cross that line, and just recognize, God let him have every fruit from every tree except one. Why is it always that that one that we think we can't have is the one that we're like, but I need it. I need that one thing. And God said, no, like, look it, I'm going to supply. I have an abundance. I want a, a beautiful life for you. I have good things for you, better than you could ever even imagine. But then there's like that one thing where God's like, but I don't want you to go there for it. And we're like, oh, but why not? What are you withholding from me? But the thing is, is that God wasn't withholding from Adam. God knew that crossing that line, he knew what that would open up Adam to. He knew the pain. And he knew the separation it would cause Adam. He knew the damage it would cause in his relationship with God. So he laid out these ground rules, these healthy boundaries, these standards for Adam, where he was placed. 
I think of it like this as parents. There's a lot of things that we, we have you know, parental controls on, the things that our boys can watch or can't watch or can listen to and not listen to. And, and it's not because we want them to be the only kids in the school, which they act like they are, um, who haven't seen this movie or who don't get to play Fortnite or whatever it is. And we're like, no, no, no. Like, we are doing this because we love you. We have these parameters for your own protection because we know that they're going to see things, they're going to hear things, but as far as it depends on us and our home, we want to set that standard. And we want to say, listen, we know some of the things that you could be hearing, some of the things that you could be watching, some of the things that you could be allowing into your heart could end up hurting you. They can hurt your thought life, they can hurt your heart, and they can cause a separation between you and God, and they can really open you up to future sin struggles that could overcome. And so we're going to create healthy parameters for their protection, and that's exactly what God does for us because he is a perfect father. He is a loving father, and when he lays out these parameters through his word for holy living, it's not because he's withholding anything from us, but he's saying, I've got so much better. Won't you trust me for it? I've got so much better than this. And especially within the context of relationships, these parameters that he has set are there to help us, to help bring freedom and joy in our relationships. They're there for our own protection. There are safeguards for our heart because he cares deeply about the condition of our heart. He's always after our hearts. Then it goes on to say, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God positioned Adam to walk in this beautiful, intimate relationship with him walking through the Garden of Eden together, and he provided for all of Adam's needs. And he gave Adam's life purpose, setting him above all of creation, allowing him to rule over it. And then just to show how much he cared about Adam's heart, he set healthy parameters to protect him. So now we have place, provision, purpose, parameters. And he did this all before the person. He did this all before he ever introduced Eve to Adam. The person came after God created a space just for him and Adam. Created a space for intimacy and relationship with him. The person came after God had provided for all of Adam's needs. The person came after God had set these parameters for his life. And the person came after God had breathed his purpose into Adam and gave him a work to do. Adam knew who he was in relationship with God. He knew where he was called to in relationship with God. And he knew what he was called to do through his relationship with God. Our relationship with God comes first. That's where he speaks purpose into our lives. That's where he leads and directs our steps. That's where we recognize that he is the only one that will ever satisfy all the places in our heart and in our soul that are empty and broken and hurting. He is the one. It's no one else but him. And then now, after all of that, after we were walking in this relationship with, with God, now God said, he looked at Adam 
And it said, it's not good for man to be alone. So now he creates a helpmate for him. Genesis 2, verse 20, I believe, says, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening, and then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. So why then? Why did God give Adam his person? Why did he create Eve for Adam? Well, he saw that, that Adam was alone, working out, carrying out his purpose, and that it wasn't good for him. And so God created that first relationship not to complete Adam, not to fulfill his needs or satisfy some void in his life, but God created that first relationship to be a helpmate, to be a helper, to help Adam carry out his God-given purpose. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Relationships are God's design to help us carry out his plans and his purpose, to help us grow closer to him. So in every relationship, especially our closest relationships, we need to be asking ourselves, how does this relationship or friendship help me walk out my God-given purpose? How does this friendship, this relationship, grow me closer to God, propel me into all he has for my life? He doesn't just give us relationships just for the comfort of having relationships. I know so often, you know, we, we, we come to church and we're like, I just want some, some good friends. And that's awesome. And that's what we want to build here. We want to build communities. So we have Soul Connect groups kicking off in a couple of weeks. Got a couple of weeks, and I encourage you to get in one because what our heart is and our vision for Soul Connect Groups is not just to find your people, it's not just to find friendships where you can live cozy Christian lives together and have all this like cozy, happy, whatever. Like, we want to build a space and a, a community of people who say, I want to be better, I want to grow closer to Jesus. Will you help me get there? Will you help me pursue everything that God has for my life? Will you speak truth to me in love when I need it? so that I can be more like him, so that I can grow into everything he has me becoming. And that's what our heart is for community here, because that's God's heart for community. He gave us relationships so that we can make each other better, so that we can pour into each other, so we can build up each other's faith, so that we can propel each other into everything that God has us becoming, so that we can ultimately grow in our first and foremost, most important relationship our relationship with God. In Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's the purpose. 
That's his heart for our relationships. He designed our relationships to be helpful, to help us grow closer to him, and to help us step into everything he has us becoming. You cannot be everything that God has created you to be, to become in this life if you have the wrong people hanging around you all the time. They will bring you down 10 times out of 10. They will. That's just, that's just what relationship does. Relationship is such a powerful tool and resource in our lives, but it's God-given, and he has that purpose. And if they don't help you grow closer to God and to become more like him, then they're not from God. That's not who's meant to be in your inner circle. God wants us to surround ourselves with people who are going to push us forward. And if we surround ourselves with people who keep us stuck, who keep us held back from everything that God has for us, who keep us held back and hindered in our own relationship with him, then those might be some people that we need to create some distance from and start allowing God to speak into those areas and give us some healthy boundaries and say, God, what do you want for this relationship? And where are the people that you have in my life that are going to help me become everything you have for me to be? Remember, God-given relationships are there to be life-giving and to help you to move closer towards him and never away from him. And he's calling us to get a God vision for our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our dating relationships. And first things first, he desires a relationship with you. He wants to be your first love. He wants you to know that you can trust him and that he's going to meet all of those places in your heart. And then from that healthy, whole place where you allow God to complete you, God to fulfill you, you're going to be able to, to find yourself around some really healthy, life-giving, God-honoring friendships where you're not looking to them to somehow meet your needs, but you're coming into it saying, how can, I, how can I point you to Jesus? How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? How can we chase after everything that God has for us together? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That's what relationships are for. That's his plan and his purpose. And that's not to say, and I have some disclaimers here, that's not to say that God's not going to bring people into our life that don't know him. Because we're called to be light in the dark. We're called to be salt of the earth. We're called to make friendships and build relationships with people who don't know him so that we can share the hope and the love and the salvation that we have in Jesus. But remember, I'm talking about your inner circle. The people that you're choosing to invest the most time with the people that you're allowing to speak into your life. These are the people that we're talking about here. Who are your closest friends? And also, please hear me. If you are here today and you are married to someone who does not know Jesus, I am not saying that you need to go and get out of that marriage relationship. Please hear me. I believe that that marriage... It's a covenant that you made before the Lord to your spouse and that God's going to honor that. 
What does that look like to get a God vision for your marriage when you know that you're unequally yoked, when you know that you made that commitment and maybe now along the way you found Jesus and they have not? You gotta get a God vision for that marriage and hold tightly to that and allow God to work through you. Pray, pray for your spouse. And I believe that God vision for your marriage is ultimately your spouse's salvation that they would come to know Jesus and to love Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus. I believe a God vision for your marriage is reconciliation and restoration, all the things that the enemy would try to do damage by, that he's going to restore it and he's going to bring life into those dark places. Just keep praying for your marriage. Just keep hanging on to the God vision for your marriage. Nothing is beyond God. Nothing's too big for God. And I believe you're there for a reason. I also want to remind some people. Um, dating is not the same commitment as marriage. So I'm not saying if you're dating someone um, and they don't know Jesus and you can't see a future going forward with them because they don't know Jesus, it might be time to ask the Holy Spirit into that relationship. Ask God into that relationship and say, God, what do you want? What do you want for this? Is this something that you have for me or is this something that I need to let go of? Because once again, dating is not the same. It's not that covenant relationship. There's not that commitment there. And I just wonder what we could be missing out on, especially if you're in the dating world. What could you be missing out on because you're trying to fill an empty place in your bed and not allow God to fill the empty space in your heart? How much time could you be wasting pursuing the wrong things and the wrong people and missing out on, on God has a very best for every one of our lives. He does. And if you don't trust him for that yet, I would like you to borrow my trust in God this morning because I'm here to tell you that I have made some really crappy mistakes growing up, as we all have, college. And I've dated all the wrong people. I have. And even in the middle of my brokenness and dating the very wrong person for me, God had a plan and he had a purpose. And as soon as I let go of that, I was able to step into a relationship with someone that God uses every day in my life, not to complete me, not to make me whole in any way. But I'm going to tell you something. My husband, he is my biggest encourager and not in like, oh, you look nice today babe, thanks. <laughs> but in a way that says, you have been called to this. You have been chosen for this. You are anointed by God for this. And I'm going to encourage you when you're down and I'm going to give you faith when you don't feel like you have it. And that's the kind of relationship that we deserve. That's the kind of relationship that, that we all deserve that God has for us. And it's not just husband and wife, it's our friendships. My dearest friends are the ones that will call me up and pray with me. 
who will speak truth in love when I'm allowing the lies of the enemy to torment me. When I feel like stepping out of everything God's called me to, they're the ones that say, you know what? You were called to this. And I'm going to pray you through it. And I believe that God has a purpose and I believe that God has a plan. Don't quit. Don't quit now. And my heart, our heart here at Soul Revival Church is that every single one of you would experience that in relationship. That you would experience doing life together with those people who are going to be the ones that pray with you, who pray behind your back and don't talk behind your back, who challenge you to be everything that God has for you to be, even if it hurts sometimes, even if they're calling you out. Trust that it's the Holy Spirit if they're a spirit-led friend, right? That's what we need. And we have a choice. We have opportunities. Get on a serve team. Join us for growth track. Get into soul connect groups. We don't have to just be who we hang with because that's what the world's given us. We can say, no, I want a God vision for my relationships. I want a God vision for my friendships. I'm going to choose who I put my time into. I'm going to choose who invests into me and speaks into my walk with God. I have that choice. And I wanna be led by the Spirit into the right relationships. But more importantly, I want everything, every relationship I have to point me back to Jesus. When my faith feels like not enough, when I feel like I'm stumbling, when I've messed up time and time again, I want someone who's gonna reach down and help me and say, God still has a plan. He still has a purpose. When I feel unlovable, I, I want people who are going to love me enough to say, God loves you right where you're at. And who are going to love me enough to say, but he's not going to leave you there. So you got to get up. You got to keep going forward. And these are the friendships that we need in our life that are going to point us back to Jesus every time so that we can step into a close, intimate relationship with God so that we can step into everything that he has for our lives. You guys, I, <laughs> I just went completely off my notes and so I have no idea what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> it all points back to that relationship with God. And if there is relationships in our life that are holding us back, that are coming in between us and God, then we need to let some things go. The way that he speaks, the way that he moves is in our relationship with him. And sometimes he's going to use other people led by the Holy Spirit to speak life into us and to encourage us. But if we're not getting that straight from the source, then we're going to live dried up and weary and accepting for everything less than God's best. And so he says, come to me. We just sang about it. And I love this new song that we sang because it is the gospel message. Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. Come to me, bring your failures, bring your addictions. Come to me and I will give you what you need. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. I sent my son Jesus to die for you so that you can have relationship with God because before that there was separation. So even, 
Even the gift of salvation is for relationship with God. And if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with God, we believe it's the most important relationship you will ever have. It's the most important decision you will ever make. It is literally life-changing to step into a relationship with God and say, I'm done trying on my own. I need you. I need you to reign over my life. I need you to direct me into my future and who you have me becoming. I need you to, to bring around me relationships that are going to pour into me. So if you're here today, we, we want to give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to a relationship with him. So if with every head bowed and every eye closed, we pray it week after week that, that these moments would be those moments where God speaks, where you encounter a holy, loving, heavenly Father, and you feel him talking straight to your heart. Because he is. He is. And I just want you to hear this, that God loves you so much. He has amazing things for your life. That you were created with purpose. You were created and meant to walk in relationship with him. And that there's so much that God has for you. Jesus came and he was the sacrifice for every single one of our sins, for all of our brokenness. We didn't have to earn anything. God's love is freely given and the gift of salvation through Jesus is there for our taking. He gave his life and he was raised again so that you can have new life, so that I can have new life through relationship with him. And we get to have this relationship with a holy, perfect, loving God. We get to allow him to meet the needs of our hearts. And we get to live forgiven and free. And this relationship is the most important relationship you will ever have in your life. So I want to invite you this morning. The word of God says that if you, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you want to step into a relationship with Jesus and say, allow him to heal your heart, allow him to fulfill your life, allow him to breathe purpose into you and your pain, then I just want to give you this moment right now. Would you raise your hand and say, yes, yes. Today I choose Jesus. Today I step into new life as a new creation. Today I choose a relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he did what we could never do. And he took all of our burdens and our, all of our sins upon that cross. And as he hung there on that cross, that every single one of our names went across his heart and across his mind. 
that he would stay there for us because he knew how much we would need a relationship with you. I thank you that we get to have this relationship. I thank you that we don't have to do life on our own and that we don't have to look to anyone else but you to satisfy our souls. God, I pray that you would just continue to grow us closer to you, that you would continue to encourage our hearts, that you would surround us with people and community, even here at Soul Revival Church, in our Soul Connect groups, wherever that may be, wherever you place us. God, I pray that you would bring people around us, not to make us feel good, but to help us be holy, to help us grow closer to you and that we would be those friends to others, Lord, as your Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs our lives. I thank you for every hand that was raised. I thank you for every decision that was made this morning, and I pray a blessing over them. Jesus, you are so good. You are so good, and you are so worthy to be praised. And so we praise you in this place right now. We celebrate all that you're doing and all that you're speaking and the things that you're moving in our hearts. I pray that they would go forward in our weeks, that you would continue to allow your voice to be the loudest voice in our life and in our heart and in our mind, and that you would lead and direct our steps. I pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those people that we don't, you know, the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing when one person steps into relationship with Jesus. We've said it all the time, like we came here and we planted Soul Revival Church because God called us here and we would do it all for the one, for the one person who might come through the doors and say yes to Jesus because that's his heart. That's his heart. That's what he celebrates. So we're going to celebrate what he celebrates. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.